What up, guys? Your boy Quake back with a brand new episode of the Diverse Mentality Podcast, number 242. Hope everyone is having an amazing day, morning, whatever. I apologize for the other episode, the last episode, for coming out a little bit later in terms of audio because uh, I had a clip that I recorded uh, that was supposed to be in the podcast, but somehow it just got deleted and lost completely. So I uh, was trying to recover it, uh, and then as time went on, it just you know, wasn't happening. So I was just like, I have to put this episode out. And I still wasn't, didn't manage to recover. I managed to recover the video, uh, but the audio, like the actual mic audio, I didn't get. So uh, it just wasn't worth, you know, putting it out or anything. It was just an extra uh, thing about 50 and Rick Ross's, 50 responded to Rick Ross's sales. You know, he dropped that little video and, uh, you know, uh, basically clowned him for doing the sales that did. And I was talking about that and they blah, 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 whatever. So that clip's gone. I didn't want to re-record it just because it, you know, what I was saying there was like, just um, like, it was really great. So it's like, it's hard to recapture some things when you're recording it in the moment. You say a lot of things that sometimes you're surprised you say because of, you know, just you're in the moment. So uh, tried, you know, re-recording just didn't come out well. And I was just like, eh, not even going to, you know, bother with it. So let's get into the news and there's a lot of Diddy stuff that's happening and there's no surprise here of course after the the allegations from Cassie and the lawsuit and the settlement uh, companies are starting to distance themselves from Diddy and it's starting immediately uh, with Diageo Diageo yeah the, the, the liquor company and you know uh, Diddy I reported earlier this year Diddy was in like a lawsuit with them claiming that they're racist and so on and so forth well, Diageo said, hey, we're not going to, you know, we don't want to have you guys as the, uh, we don't want to have Diddy as the brand ambassador for our company now, especially with these uh, lawsuit allegations. So NBC News reported it. Sean Diddy Combs, who settled the rape and abuse allegations with the singer Cassie last week, faces growing scrutiny in the midst of his push to refresh and expand a business portfolio he spent decades cultivating. Yeah, Ciroc's been around for a while and you know he's been working with this company for a while in a letter filed with the new york court friday before the settlement the london-based spirit maker diageo cited the accusations to bolster its months-long effort to prevent combs from serving as the face of de Leon tequila which he has run in a joint venture with it for a decade the letter, the letter came after a series of lawsuits combs filed against diageo whose other brands include johnny walker don julio and smirnoff in May, he accused the company of pigeonholing De Leon and Ciroc, the vodka he fronted for 15 years, as black brands for urban consumers allegedly violating an equal treatment provision in their contract. In a subsequent October complaint, Combs said Diageo had blackballed him from the spirit industry over his racial discrimination claims, which have been put on ice until next spring. He alleged in the last month's retaliation suit, suit that the company was sending him the message, speak up and you will be punished. So I already can tell what, what people are going to say because of this stuff. And I reported on this a lot earlier, like I said. But people are going to say this is why Diddy got these allegations because he was he was dominating the liquor brand and he was going to buy out the liquor brand. And this is why they're, they're taking him down. It's like the Bill Cosby thing. Oh, he's going to buy NBC or whatever what it was, CBS, or I don't even know. I think it was NBC. Oh, he's going to buy it. And that's why they're, all these allegations are coming out. Like, I don't know. It just it seems too too... I don't know. It just seems very con like uh, conspiracy theory like, and I, I don't know. I just don't believe that. Uh, Diageo ended up ended the Ciroc partnership over the summer, saying at the time that Combs had breached his contract, 
but the parties are still feuding over the use of up to $15 million in advertising and promotional budgeting, some of it for DeLeon's marketing next year. In the recent months, Diageo has argued in court documents that Combs' accusations of racism, which it denies, have already made him an ineffective spokesperson. The new public and disturbing accusations against him risk devastating and permanent damage to the tequila brand, the company said Friday, adding that one influencer had already asked to cut ties with Dillion on moral grounds. So, yeah, now they're really, really going to have a, a great reason to cut ties with Diddy and get him out of the whole, you know, liquor, spirits, whatever. Um, no puffy juice. 50 was right. No puffy juice. <laughs> no puffy juice. Uh, that's, that's so funny when 50 was saying that no puffy juice stuff with the effing vodka run that he had. Uh, in his court letter, Diageo pointed to the statement, to a statement by Combs' lawyer to the New York Times, indicating he was aware that Cassie wanted to expose details of the relationship for at least six months before they emerged publicly. That period, the company said, happens to correspond with the pendency of Combs' wine's original lawsuit against Diageo. Wow. So they're saying he timed this with the with the lawsuit against Diageo and Cassie six months ago, alleging that she wanted to go public with the stuff. So he's basically, you know, um, making sure that he gets something out of this. If the Cassie thing ruins his image, which I think in court of public opinion, if we're talking public opinion, 70 to 80% don't like Diddy. Hell, it could be even 90%. Um, yeah. In court of public opinion, he's not looking good now in terms of like, you know, just, Overall, and usually public opinion dictates a lot of what these companies do, unfortunately, even if you're guilty or not. Uh, a lot of companies just go off public opinion. So we do have to remember that there is no proof on anything right now. Uh, we haven't got no photos, videos, nothing. Uh, 50, I'm going to talk about how 50 later on did receive photos back in 2010 of some wild things that Cassie did with a bunch of men. Uh, and that, you know, 50 kind of alluded that Diddy was the one that kind of enticed her to do it. So Cassie's lawsuit, she did mention that how... She basically got, Diddy would get a bunch of guys to basically do stuff to her and Diddy would watch in like the corner or something, some weird freako stuff. So, yeah, uh, the timing of all this is interesting. And I think Diageo is going to, you know, obviously win this situation because it's not looking good for Diddy. And then on top of that, there's more stuff that's coming out and more people, witnesses and this and that. And it's just going to happen. It's just going to trickle on to just it being worse and worse. And who knows, Diddy might actually face, you know, jail or prison time. Who knows? It just depends on what they can prove, you know, who accuses who of what. And uh, that's how all that's going to go. So the f crazy thing is uh, from this, though, not, not only Diageo wanting to drop him and phase him out of it, Macy's. Macy's has allegedly kicked clothing brand Sean John to the curb. Diddy's clothing line. Sean John will no longer be carried in Macy's with an insider connected to the retail giant telling RadarOnline.com exclusively that the rapper's label won't be available on the department store's website effective this month. So there goes that. Uh, Sean John is no longer Sean John. Nobody cares. I don't think anybody's really wore Sean John in a minute, man. I'm surprised Macy was still carrying that. It's been, I don't know anybody that's wearing, that's actually wearing Sean John. Uh, the fact that it's still carried in Macy's throughout all this time is surprising in itself. And Macy's did mention that sales are slumping as well. So it's like a perfect time to just be like, yo, uh, get out of here. They're probably stuck in some type of, deal with Diddy and you know now that this happened they have like uh because usually in contracts if you're stuck in a deal right you do a 10-year deal let's just say Macy's did a 10-year deal with Sean John again renewed it let's just say there were there were, Sean John was selling like crazy in 2022 right or whatever whatever year 
or not 2022, 2012 or 2010 or 2007, whatever, the 10-year span, a 15-year span deal, whatever the deal was. If you do something like this that could potentially, you know, harm Diddy's image and brand, which this is, this lawsuit is harming that, then usually in contracts they have that where it's like, hey, if you do something that harms, you know, your image and makes us look bad as well, being tied to you, then we can, you know, dismantle this contract. So I'm sure that's what the situation is. So I'm sure Macy's is happy that this happened because sales were reportedly slumping and it seems like they were stuck in a contract because usually if sales start to slump, most companies will just kick you to the curb automatically. So they're probably stuck in a contract with Diddy. And now that, you know, that this whole thing happened, they can finally get out of that contract and breathe. Uh, here's even more worse stuff. Diddy's former bad boy president is sued for sexual assault. It's trickling on. Like I said, it's going to get worse and worse and worse. And who knows what's going to happen as the, as the months go on. Diddy's former bad boy president, Harvey Pierre, it's always these Harvey, Harvey Weinstein, Harvey Pierre, has been sued for sexual assault by his ex-assistant. Pierre allegedly groomed and sexually assaulted the female employee whose identity has been kept secret in the mid-2010s, according to court documents obtained by Rolling Stone. In her suit, which was filed in New York County Supreme Court, the alleged victim claims that the record executive sexually assaulted her on multiple occasions from 2016 to 2017, causing her physical, emotional, and psychological uh, injuries along with pain and suffering. She is seeking punitive damages and wants to be fully and fairly compensated. Bad Boy Entertainment, Bad Boy Records, and Combs Enterprises are also named as co-defendants in the suit and are accused of negligence and gender violence for failing to properly supervise Pierre. Diddy himself is not named as a co-defendant. In a statement to Rolling Stone, a Bad Boy spokesperson said, we have recently become aware of the lawsuit filed in New York by a former employee. The allegations are from many years ago that were never brought to attention to the attention of the company. Neither the plaintiff nor the executive are current employees of the company. We are now investigating the allegations and are our top priority in the safety and well-being of our employees. Pierre and Diddy became friends in the late 1980s when they were students at Howard University. The executive began working at Bad Boy in the early 1990s and has over 70 executive producer slash A&R album credits and 40 music video editor credits to his name, according to his LinkedIn profile. After leaving the label in 1995, he returned as president until his departure in 2017. The lawsuit against Pirate was filed less than a week after Cassie and Diddy's uh, thing. So, yeah, it's just going to get worse and worse. This is another thing that, you know, obviously we don't know if they did it, like I said, but it's just like, you know, now it's what Cassie did is she opened the floodgates and with Diddy settling that quickly, uh, it just opens the floodgates for people to come in and do more stuff. And whether it's surrounding Diddy, directly involving Diddy, his label, his enterprise, whatever the case may be, more and more of this is going to pop out and come out. Uh, and who knows? Some of them might be true. Some of them might be false. Some might just jump in just for the opportunity to get some money and say, hey, this happened to me at this time, blah, blah, blah. Some of them, you know, they're actually telling the truth. We don't know. Uh, there has been false accusations against people. We know that. That's that's always happened in the history of lawsuits of, you know, sexual harassment, whatever the case may be. There has been moments that have been lies. So let's all keep a, keep a clear mind in this. And, you know, I'm in the middle of this, you know, no puffy juice for me, but still. Uh, I'm in the middle of this. Uh, I don't really have anything that I, you know, I could care less. You know, if if he actually did it, obviously the guy should face immense time in prison and honestly be locked up forever because doing that type of stuff is just super, super horrible. And just the details of that Cassie thing is just, 
horrendous men. It's like R. Kelly levels of disgusting, you know. Um, and, you know, there's been rumors of Diddy doing stuff to younger boys as well. So I don't know. I don't know. It's going to get very, very crazy as time goes on. It's going to get worse. So we'll keep our eye out on all this stuff and uh, no puffy juice. After the allegations that Cassie made against Diddy and the settlement, there have been reports coming out from witnesses and old audio revealing that a lot of what Cassie said in her lawsuit is coming to be true. At least that's from witnesses and people that were around him around that time when this lawsuit was making all these allegations. 50 Cent, who's had issues with Diddy stemming all the way from the Mace days when 50 tried to sign Mace to G-Unit Records and Diddy wasn't allowing it. This is back in 2005. He's been having issues back and forth with Diddy for quite some time. And even, you know, they make up a little bit and then eventually 50 just starts to clown him and, you know, roast him. And, and now he's really gone full-fledged going against Diddy because of all these allegations. And 50's always been the type to kind of call Diddy out on things that he's said or done. And this isn't no different. However, the difference in this is that this is back in 2010. During an interview with DJ Who Kid, 50 talked about photos he received from someone with Cassie being involved with a bunch of different men in these photos. And he essentially sent them to Diddy, and Diddy saw them, and 50 was like, are you sure you want to be with a woman like this? And Diddy was like, yeah, I love her. And then all of a sudden, Diddy asked, you know, where'd you get these photos? And Fifth was like concerned about Cassie's well-being. And if you listen to the interview in this leaked audio that came out, you'll hear that 50 kind of jokes in a way, but it sounds like he's concerned about what, you know, what Diddy's doing with Cassie. And he even says, like, Diddy told him, whatever happens in Miami stays in Miami. So I'm going to play the audio for you guys, and then I'm going to talk about what exactly this is. You know, everybody's still talking about after the fact, though, the after party. Do you think that Diddy was coming at you, though? Who, Diddy? Yeah, because, well, you know, he you said know, some slick really, shit. Like, really what's interesting, because, you know, Puffy's like a bitch. <laughs> oh, shit, man. What'd he say? To describe, to describe Puffy in one word is a I know it sounds kind of harsh, but I'll explain my, you know, my statement. See, you know how ugly always got, like, pretty friends? He want to be the hot in the group. <laughs> He want to make sure he getting all the attention. He want to make sure the niggas want to holler at him. Wow. You know, and, and it's the reality of the situation, man. So, Tony, me to tell you. So I mean, if he tell you, he'll tell you himself what happened in Miami, stay in Miami. Well, you know, it's, it's not even overseas or did he? Like, I, don't, I don't know who he's talking about because he didn't say my name. <laughs> right, he didn't say your name, so. Right, but I, I feel like that's the way I feel about him. I feel like he's, at the end of the day, whoever's around him, well, that this is a, a, a the, the final notice, the final note, because they'll suck the life out of him like everybody else that he's been around. Man, I don't know, I don't know. I know, I know. Check this out on, on the up and up. The puff like he called, we should kick it on the telephone after the meeting. And matter of fact, they sent me the girl pictures, like pictures of this girl, like not the shit that y'all saw. Worse, way worse. <laughs> Wow. Are you kidding me, yo? Like penetration pitches and, and. Nah, come on, man. Come on, Fifth. All that. And I didn't even. I didn't even. I called him. I said, yo, you really. You want this girl? Like, you really. Like, you like her? Like that? And he was like, yeah. That, that's my girl. I'm like, all right. I'm going to send you something. You look at it. You call me back. Oh, I man. sent him the photos, the pictures, and everything. And then he called back and was like, yo, thanks, man. Tonight, yo, I really appreciate that. Yo, where you get these shits from? 
And I said, you know, like, because they know, like, if something crazy is going on, if they send it to me, I'm a, I'll make sure I get out there. Like, as far as this video.com is concerned. Yeah, yep. <laughs> and those other properties. So they sent it to me. <laughs> but, you know, I really, I really kind of felt like those photographs were not happening because of Cassie. I felt like they was happening because of Puffy. So there you have it. 50 Cent got sent some photos of Cassie having a bunch of men do things to her. And in her lawsuit, she talked about Diddy being in the corner of a room watching a bunch of men do things to Cassie, whether she was drugged or whatever the case may be. Uh, it's horrific. Like the, 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 the details of it is just horrific. It's so horrific that YouTube just will not let me even detail it completely out because it's that bad. Um, and it's very weird stuff. And, uh, you know, 50 saw these things, like he said, he contacted Puffy and, uh, you know, Puffy was like, Hey, uh, you know, thank you for showing me and blah, 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 blah. Anyways, a lot of stories since this lawsuit are starting to resurface more and more of Diddy and it's not looking good, man. Uh, despite him settling this lawsuit, I'm sure a lot more are going to start coming. And if not more, there's going to be actual prosecutions and him facing prison time potentially because it's getting really bad. There was an engineer who was in the studio with Wale and Cassie. They were working on a song and allegedly, to this, according to this engineer, Diddy came in there with a bunch of security, saw Wale and Cassie in the studio in the booth, they took Wale and dangled him at a, uh, from a balcony. And that was Wale. That's what the engineer said. It was Wale. Because we didn't know initially when the reports came out. Cassie just said someone got dangled you know, from a balcony. Uh, it turns out it's Wale. So that's a witness. That's an engineer that was there. And that openly said something about it. So that's one witness. And then you got witnesses on other things. And if people just get together, get together and, you know, all this stuff starts to happen where people start becoming witnesses and start testifying. It's over. You know, there's nothing that, that, that Diddy can do. He can't settle all these things, you know, because they're all going to want hundreds of millions of dollars. People aren't going to sell it as stuff for just a million dollars. They're going to settle if you're giving them 20, 30, 40, 50 million, whatever the case may be. Um, regardless, it's looking really bad and old stuff like this is surfacing. And 50s never really had a liking to Diddy, so this is no surprise here. Uh, but I'm surprised in 2010 when this was said that it wasn't covered more because I'm, you know, I usually am aware of a lot of 50 cent stuff and I just, this is something that was new to me. I don't remember hearing this. So, and uh, yeah, let me know what you guys think of this. Uh, you know, do you guys think 50's telling the truth or do you guys think it's just a bunch of conspiracy theories and that Cassie just wants money? Polo G's brother has been charged with murder over a drive-by shooting we reported on this a while ago, but now it seems like he's officially been charged. So Polo G's brother, Trench Baby, has been charged with murder reportedly over a drive-by shooting this past summer. TMZ has reported that Trench Baby was charged with felony murder for allegedly being involved in a June 10th shooting in Los Angeles that killed a 20-year-old man. The LAPD confirmed to Hip Hop DX that Bartlett was arrested on October 4th. He is currently being held without bail in L.A.'s Men's Central Jail, according to L.A. Sheriff's Department records. Court records indicate that Barla is being charged with murder, robbery, and witness tampering. The robbery charge dates back to August when Barlett was arrested for allegedly robbing someone who had arrived at Barlett's residence to film a rap video. At that time, the suspect produced a handgun which, with an extended magazine and demanded that the victim transfer money to an unknown account over a money transfer service. The LAPD statement about the incident reads, The victim was in fear and complied. The suspect also demanded that the victim empty his pockets. 
So Polozzi was arrested with his brother at the time for the possession of the short-barreled rifle. So yeah, I, I reported on this a while ago, and uh, you know, as as the reports came out, it wasn't actually Polo G. It was his brother that did all this stuff, and uh, not looking good, man. Charged with murder. That guy's gonna face a lot of time, man. Especially, and I have no sympathy for it. You know, obviously, killing a twenty-year-old man is n- not the smartest thing to do, and not the greatest thing to do in your life. Uh, very stupid, man. You got a brother like Polo G. Who's succeeding, doing all this, making millions, probably sharing a lot of that wealth with you. And now you're looking at potentially facing life in prison over nothing, just your ego and just wanting to be tough. Uh, I say it 90 million times, and I'll constantly say it over and over again. If you have a temper tantrum, if you can't control your emotions, you should not be carrying guns, period, point blank, period. Uh, If you're somebody who knows who has a short trigger and short temper and will go, you know, crash out immediately, you should not be carrying guns. And if you know yourself enough to know that, don't be carrying guns. Uh, you need to be very, very, you know, mature in your emotions, very reasonable in your in your approach to things that happen to you. Because if you just resort to gun violence automatically, these are the type of things that happen. So we'll keep our eye out on this and see uh, what type of sentencing he gets and when the trial and all that stuff starts. Fetty Wap. I know you guys haven't heard of that name in a minute. And that guy, when he first came out, man, was like buzzing, buzzing. Like he had three records in the top 10. Uh, was just killing it, like hit after hit after hit. Drake even jumped on the, baby, won't you come my way? That record, I was fire, man. Uh, I just remember bumping the shit out of him at the time. I even bought his uh, debut album. But things have changed. Uh, 2015 was a long time ago, and he's in prison right now. And it had to do with a bunch of, like, racketeering charges and stuff like that. And he got interviewed by Double uh, XL. And it was interesting what he said. So let's go over the article. Fetty Wap is currently behind bars for tra- trafficking drugs, which has given him the time to ponder his actions and recognize the importance of his career in music. On Tuesday, November 21st, XXL published the 32-year-old rapper's first interview since he was sent to prison earlier this year. In the chat, he was asked about what he's been thinking about during his time away from the spotlight. He said this, Some of the things I think about really is being home, he answered. I take accountability for everything I did. I don't really be blaming nobody for nothing. It ain't nobody else's fault that I'm here. However, it may have went down whatever, like with the people and all that, basically just not standing tall. But at the end of the day, that's my fault for involving myself around people like that and putting your trust in the people that's not really real. That's not really who they say they is. So my whole thing is like, man, just stop fucking with these guys, man. That's how I feel. He added, I just reflect on some of the shit I did in the last few years, how I feel like I could have took music a lot more serious than I did. And just like, and just keep it that route instead of this route. I'm just grateful that I'm still here. I'm still breathing. I'm able to see some light at the end of the tunnel. He also acknowledged that even though he'll be locked up for over half a decade, which was, which will undoubtedly hinder his career, he's still fortunate when compared to some of those around him. I'm around a lot of people that's doing really lengthy sentences. He explained, some of the dudes I'd be kicking it with here, some dudes got 50 years and 30 years. Some of them got life. One of my mans who was in Brooklyn MDC uh, facility that holds prisoners one of my mans who was an MDC with right now, he's facing 120 years and he's just smiling every day. We just be kicking it with each other and I'd be telling him all about the music experience I have. I met a lot of genuine people in here. So, you know, they're all like, yo, bro, when I get out, man, take that shit serious, man. Stop fucking around with your blessings before you end up losing it for good. So, you know, that's one thing that's that I reflect on really taking music serious and going places. In May, uh, Fetty Watt was sentenced to six years in prison for his role in helping 
run a drug ring out of Long Island. He pleaded guilty to conspiracy to, drip, to distribute 500 grams or more of cocaine. So, uh, this was very interesting because he said, I needed, I could have took music more serious, basically. And here's why he didn't. Trap Queen was literally like the first song he ever recorded. And it just blew up. So you can imagine somebody who just in, literally just started recording music. Now imagine you, right? Me or anybody. Drops their first song and it blows up skyrockets. In your mind, you appreciate it, obviously. And you're like, whoa, this is like special, blah, blah, blah. But in your, you also take it like for granted because you're thinking, wow, like I'm really good. I just dropped my first song I recorded. Boom, I'm already a superstar. And then on top of that, to make things worse, after Trap Queen, like My Way and uh, 679, I think it was the track, they all blew up as well, those other two, three tracks. So you got a bunch of hit records already, and off the rip, you got this huge success. So you take it more for granted. You don't know what it's like to constantly have it, you know, to, to work, work, work before you can actually blow up. Now, I will say this. Fetty Wap did work that Trap Queen song. He recorded it. It was one of the first songs he recorded, but it took about a year before it actually blew up. So he was promoting, doing work, you know, trying to grind to get it out there. But once it blew up, you know, one of your first songs blowing up, it's like, you know, you will take it for granted, unfortunately. That's why I like the route of, yeah, you know, blowing up and being huge automatically off the rip is nice. But it also can be a curse because, you know, you'll, you'll, you won't know what to do with all that fame and success. You could end up just blowing it off like this, uh, like Fetty Wap story. Or, you know, uh, you, you don't take the music serious because you're like, oh, I can make hits. No big deal. It's my first song. I already made a hit. And I can just keep doing it over and over again. You take that for granted. You're thinking it's an easy thing. So there are a lot of things negative about blowing up immediately and just getting instant fame and success. A lot of negatives. And it's rare that anybody can control that and maintain that properly. So me personally, I enjoy, you know, getting things slowly, adapting to things. You know, I would not like to be the person that just blows up overnight and then boom, you know, I'm all over everywhere and just everybody knows me. Like I'm fine with brick by brick, like Nipsey also says, brick by brick, building it and becoming bigger and bigger as time goes on. Uh, I feel like, you know, that's the best way to do it because you can slowly adjust. Okay, I'm, I'm getting a little bit more famous here. Okay, a little bit more famous here. People recognize me a little bit more as I go out. Then as, as time goes on, more people recognize me, more people are, you know, knowing who I am. And then you just adjust slowly, you know, to it. Even though it's not normal at the end of the day, if you're a huge superstar, it's very hard as, on a human being to be at that level and to, you know, deal with that scrutiny and just people always in your business. So it's a whole, you know, it's a whole demon in itself. And I don't know if I would want that, you know, if I ever reached that level of fame, I don't think I would like it. Just to be honest, um, I'm not really too much of a people person. I do, you know, I appreciate people that, you know, uh, show love and stuff. But if I'm out like eating, you know, with, with my wife or whatever the case may be, I'm not, I'm single, but I'm just saying like in the future, you know, if I end up in a relationship, blah, 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 get married, I'm out with my wife and kids and you know, somebody's coming up and like, yo, Quake, what's up, man? Can I take a photo? Blah, blah, blah. Like that would annoy the shit out of me. I'm not even going to lie to you guys. Uh, now, what I, what I always turn that person down? No. I mean, there's times where, but just there needs to be, people don't respect celebrities and their like, you know, their boundaries and their privacy, man. They're just trying to be regular people, enjoy some food, uh, go out a little bit. But, you know, with that status comes a lot of that stuff. Um, and people are just touching you like little baby. You know, there was that video I was talking about where that, that girl touched little baby and she's like, I'm not supporting little, ba little baby anymore. It's like, bro, you, you're not entitled to touch a celebrity or a human being, period. Like, Everybody has their own personal space. And whether you touch that personal space or not is up to that person. So um, 
Yeah, just unfortunate, man. Fetty Wap could have been something that that really, really would have been huge next level. But that's the thing in a lot of today's today's music industry is there is no there is no seasoning. There's no uh, what is it called? A and R's, I think it's called A and R's, or just you know A and R's, whatever the case may be. Like people that 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 season these artists up, that teach them. You know, there's no like training course anymore. Back then, there used to be when artists would 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 be talented and sort of build its kind of a name, they would find them early, bring them onto the label, and then teach them a bunch of things. Teach them how to write songs, structure format, all that. And that's why a lot of the older artists have a lot more staying power versus these new ones. These new ones just blow up off the internet immediately, don't really have their things structured properly, and then they fade away after two to three years. That's majority of the microwave type of artists. Um, and unfortunately, you know, these artists don't get the proper training, so it's like they, they don't know what to do. And Fetty Wap was... You know, at one of those things that 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 uh, you know, it really affected him. Now at the time, I think I, I don't know who I was arguing with or what I said a while ago, but I said like Fetty Wap is like one of the biggest artists ever, and you know he's gonna have this like crazy run, and he did have a crazy run, so I wasn't wrong about that. But I don't know. I think I said something along the lines of he's gonna have a lengthy career if he if he knows what he's you know if he keeps the music kind of like this and focuses on it. So I was wrong in that aspect, but. He did blow up. Once I heard uh, Trap Queen and then I heard 679 in my way, this is before they actually started charting. Now, Trap Queen charted already. I, that's how I found out about Fetty Wap. But then once I started hearing 679, my way, and just a mixtape, I was like, all right, yeah, he's got a couple more bangers on here that are going to take off. I didn't know exactly which ones, but I was like, yeah, he's got bangers. He knows how to make bangers. As long as, you know, uh, the formula switches up a little bit, but, you know, keeps it fresh, new, uh, he'll be good to go. But he kept repeating that sound and trying to, you know, chase that trap queen thing and it just doesn't work out like that but his debut album is pretty good man I, I i highly recommend you guys should listen to it uh but yeah we'll keep our eye on fetty wap and you know uh prayers to him man uh very very sad situation he's in right now because of some of the at least he mans up to and owns up to the fact that it was his fault that ever, all this happened so yeah casanova that's a name we haven't heard in a minute because he's been locked up for you know racketeering rico charges basically uh same thing six nine got in trouble for but it's not looking good for uh, Casanova's co-defendants right now. So if his co-defendants ain't looking good, Casanova might not be looking good. So let's go over the article. Casanova's co-defendants in his federal case, Dwight Reed and Christopher Erskine, have been convicted on racketeering and narcotics conspiracy charges. As an announcement by the Justice, Justice Department of Southern District of New York released on Thursday, November 16th, confirmed that the two men were the last of the 21 defendants convicted in the case. The case involved alleged members of, and affiliates of the Untouchable Gorilla Stone Nation Bloods game. She has a long, long title, man. Untouchable Gorilla Stone Nation Bloods gang. What is that? U-G-S-N-B? U-G-S-N-B! All right, sorry. I don't want that. Sounds like a college campus. U U G S N B. Come to U G N S B N S B N B S N B G, and we're gonna make sure you know how to cock your pistol and do some crazy shit. Uh, with with which the justice system refers to a brutally violent street and prison gang that operates. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Dwight Reed and Christopher Erskine are the two highest ranking members of Gorilla Stone, a ruthless gang, and are responsible for terrible violent acts and trafficking dangerous narcotics across the country and state, including throughout the New York state prison system. They now stand convicted of their crimes and will, and will no longer be able to inflict harm on the people of our district. 
Reed and Erskine were convicted of one count of racketeering conspiracy, which carries a maximum sentence of life in prison, and one count of narcotics conspiracy, which also carries a maximum sentence of life in prison. Both will at least have to serve a mandatory minimum sentence for the later count, 25 years for Reed and 10 for Erskine. Yeah, so Casanova did the guilty plea. Yeah, I remember that. Admitted to trafficking. Casanova admitted to trafficking at least 100 kilograms of marijuana and being a signal caller uh, for the gang. The 36-year-old also copped to his involvement in a 2018 NYC robbery that left a woman named Nia Rucker badly injured, as well as a July 2020 Florida shooting following a gambling dispute. Yeah. Um, wild, wild, man. Yeah, I forgot. He was sentenced to 15 years of prison. I started this out saying, oh, that's not looking for good for Castanova. I totally forgot. He got sentenced to 15 years. Yeah, that was a long time ago when he got sentenced to that. When was that? Let me see. Never mind. That wasn't really too much of a long time ago. That was about the summer of this year. I don't know how I forgot that. Oh, I think in the summer I took a little break on the podcast because I was working on the Get Rich documentary. So when the sentencing happened, I don't think I recorded it. That's probably why. Regardless, uh, you know, Hey, man, selling, like, Fuddy Wap's in the same type of situation. Selling drugs is trying to keep up with an image of this rapper. You know, when your music doesn't sell, you're not making that kind of money. How are you going to keep up with your image as a rapper? You know, you're flexing all this stuff. And Fetty Wap especially got into that situation where, you know, you're at the top of the top, and then all of a sudden you're not making hits anymore. The money isn't rolling in. He even talked to academics about this, of, you know, how much money was just going, and he didn't have a lot of money coming in. Eventually, his accountant was like, dude, you're spending way too much money. You're not bringing in that, that much kind of money anymore. So that's the reality of situations. You know, if, you're, if you make it like that and you, get, you strike gold, which this is striking gold, becoming a famous rapper, a famous artist, and even having one hit is striking gold. I don't think people understand that. I would much rather be a one-hit wonder than someone who never made it ever as an artist. I would much rather do that because one-hit wonder gives me an opportunity to not only, you know, uh, and especially if it's a one hit that's like very, you know, stands the test of time. Like Chameleonaire's use Ride and Dirty. And Chameleonaire to me isn't a one hit wonder, but to the public he is. People just think of Ride and Dirty when it comes to Chameleonaire and that's it. To me he's not. Chameleonaire is a fucking multi-talented artist who I felt was very underrated and still is underrated. But regardless, that's my opinion. But the public, in terms of the public eye, if you say Chameleonaire, they think Ride and Dirty. Ride and Dirty is a song that's been used constantly in commercials, Chameleon has been able to use it for a lot of different things, licensing. So if you make that one hit, you can still feed you for a while. You know, imagine a 50 just made in the club and that's it. Like he would be good for the rest of his life. Cause in the club is a birthday record. It just constantly comes. So, you know, even if the game just made hate or love it or how we do or whatever, like if, if, if Eminem just made, I don't know, Stan, let's just say that's the only hit he made. It'd be recognized globally as one of the best ever. So it's like you can survive off one hit if you, Invest the money properly. But that's the thing. A lot of these artists, they don't know money f management. And uh, all of a sudden, they get all this money and they start buying you know, everything that's in sight. And then they think the money's going to consistently come in. And they're getting 100000 a show. And they're like, damn, this is easy. I do one concert. I get 100000 I do another concert, 100000 All of a sudden, in like a month, I'm making 2 $3 million. There's no problem. And then all of a sudden, you're not delivering hits anymore. And the song starts to get old, especially in today's time. People move on quickly when it comes to music. All of a sudden, the music ain't hitting like it was. Your money slowed down, and then you're broke as fuck. So, you know, uh, that's the situation in a lot of these things. And then they start doing 
illegal things to maintain their image by selling drugs, and then, and that's where we end up. So, yeah, man, overall sad situation, but uh, yeah, we'll keep our eye on if anything changes on that. MB Youngboy did a recent interview with Complex, and it was interesting what he said. He said that he's not a fan of the demonic, demonic music industry, and that they use him as you know entertainment for that demonic field. I've never heard him talk like this, so let's go over the article. MB Youngboy is not a fan of the demonic music industry, but he has accepted that he willingly chose to be a participant. The elusive rapper recently granted a rare interview to Complex at his Utah home, where he's been on house arrest since 2021. Though it was supposed to be a tour of his closet for the outlet's Complex Closet series, it ended up being a much deeper conversation. So let's play the clip for you guys. It's a, it's a, it's a industry that I chose to be a part of. So it's like I, I accept that I'm unwilling, but don't be a, 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 a dominant at the same time. You gotta understand that using me as entertainment and this shit becomes self-destruction too. Because mm -hmm. I ain't no entertainment. You know, some shit can be spoke on. Why? My English shit is, is to be continued. Is in terms of like every time it's changed. what's funny is during the interview after he talked about this demonic thing he just like got up and said yo you're talking too much man let's get this interview over with clearly he doesn't like interviews but you know it you know he spoke on some serious stuff and he's like i can't speak too much on it because you know some shit can't be spoke on yeah man um i don't I'm not a huge conspiracy theorist i know i say that multiple times but then i get into these huge conspiracy theories but a lot of stuff in the music industry is very evil. And a lot of the messages they send is very evil. And I'm sure NBA Youngboy's picking up on that now as he gets older. And he's realized that he's being used as a puppet to push this demonic stuff. So, you know, I know he has moments of like, should I do this? Should I not do this? I know morally it probably affects every human being unless they're just an evil person overall. But uh, music industry and entertainment, a human being being entertainment is something that can affect with anybody's energy and just, you know, uh, spirit and being as a person. So, uh, yeah, just very interesting to hear that side of him when it comes to interviews and for him to admit that it's a demonic industry. Not a lot of artists do that. So I uh, just wanted to talk about it briefly. Kanye West, man, this is some scary stuff. Kanye is, after he went on his whole quote-unquote anti-Semitic rant, uh, you know, got dropped from all these companies, uh, lost billions of dollars. There is somebody that he's right now in Dubai making music with Tyler Dallas Sign. There's somebody who's had bad negative energy with Kanye who actually followed him to his Dubai hotel and they caught him, which is very weird. That's some sketchy stuff, man. Hopefully Kanye is okay and it doesn't lead to anything crazy, but it's very weird. So let's go over the article. Kanye West reportedly believes he is being followed by his ex-personal trainer, Harley Pasternak. According to Daily Mail, Daily Mail, Pasternak is in Dubai and staying in the same hotel as West and his children. West has yet to comment on the apparent presence of his former trainer in Dubai, but a source told the publication this development is extremely suspect. We gave we have grave concerns as to why this creepy operative is doing as to what this creepy operative is doing in Ye's hotel, they said. The timing is extremely suspect. We are very concerned indeed about his motives and intentions. 
This is the man who threatened to drug Ye to Zombieland. Why has he suddenly shown up here? Kanye West and Harley Pasternak have a deep history beyond fitness with the rapper hospitalized in 2016 after an alleged psychotic break while at the personal trainer's home in Hollywood. West was subsequently diagnosed with bipolar disorder, but has since claimed to have been misdiagnosed. Last year, he leaked alleged text messages from Pasternak, which said, First, you and I sit down and have a loving and open conversation, but you don't use cuss words, and everything that is discussed is based in fact, and that's some crazy fact that some dumb friend of yours told you or you saw in a tweet. Second option, I have you institutionalized again, where they medicate the crap out of you and you go back to zombie land forever. Play date with the kids just won't be the same. That's a very scary thing for someone to say to you. Uh, West later deleted the post, but blamed Pasternak for his hospitalization. He said, what should be obvious by now is that I was raised to stand for my truth regardless of the consequences. So I will say this again. I was mentally misdiagnosed and nearly drugged out of my mind to take, to make me a manageable, well-behaved celebrity. Wow. Pasternak has also made a number of claims about West's mental health in a recent interview in New York Times where he said he witnessed the rapper writing Bible verses on the bedsheets and drawing spaceships with a Sharpie during his 2016 breakdown. Pasternak additionally claimed that West was packing suitcases full of pots, pants, and Tupperware. Listen, uh, you know, I go back to the moment when Dave Chappelle had his issue with Comedy Central. If you are too young or you don't know this incident, um, basically... Dave had his show, Dave Chappelle, Dave Chappelle show, and it was performing really well, like beyond the expectations of Comedy Central that signed him to do this show. So when they all of a sudden started selling insane DVDs at the time, this is 2003, 2004, 2005, around there. So DVDs were selling, you know, blah, blah, blah. They were selling insane. They broke records for DVD sales and TV shows, uh, breaking records in viewership. When Dave Chappelle went to go renew the contract for the show, they basically ultimately wanted full control and uh, weren't paying him properly for everything that he was doing. He was doing a lot of work and people just weren't paying him properly. They're owning a lot more than what they're supposed to own. And then Dave Chappelle said, yeah, I don't want to do this deal and just backed out of the whole thing. And, uh, you know, they, the media twisted it as Dave Chappelle going crazy as he's doing drugs and he's lost his mind because he went to Africa and just escaped everything. But then when he came back to do interviews, he's like, I never lost my mind. Like all these medias were saying crazy stuff. I didn't do none of that. I was just chilling. I was taking a break from everything. I didn't want to do these things and explain himself. And then people were like, whoa, that's kind of weird, you know, because we're sitting hearing all these things about you being a crazy maniac and doing all these crazy things. And that's why you went to Africa. And But that was not the case. So the media can twist things and people around, you know, Kanye is somebody who's very, uh, just speaks his mind for the most part. And, uh, you know, media doesn't really like that. Let's be honest here. Uh, you know, if Kanye says certain things, you know, like George Bush doesn't care about black people, that immediately cut to like Chris Tucker. That was one of the funniest cuts ever on live TV. Because Chris, Chris Tucker was just sitting there like, what the hell is going on? Like, what did I just hear? But um, Kanye is just outspoken. So medicating him is a nice way to get him to not do that anymore. But then, you know, people are saying he's crazy, you know, diagnosed this and that. He's saying I was misdiagnosed. But we've seen stories of celebrities being claimed as crazy when in reality, they're not. So, you know, with the, I'm not saying I agree with everything Kanye says because that's not what I'm saying. But when Kanye went on that anti-Semitic, quote-unquote, rant, you watch full interviews, like 80% of the stuff he was saying was pretty normal and real facts of things. Now, there's about 20%. It's a little crazy. And that's where Kanye kind of loses people's um, attention and kind of 
makes those crazy headlines because he just spews immediately what he thinks. And that's the problem. Had he just, if he takes his time out to, you know, think about what he's saying, it would, you know, come out better and, you know, there would be less crazy headlines. But that crazy headlines is what attracts people to the interview too. So it could be a positive and negative thing. It can make people never like Kanye again because they just read the headline and just assume that's what the interview is about. Or it can attract people to actually go watch the full interview. Me personally, when people get accused of things or just, uh, you know, label things or short clips get posted as, yo, this, this person said this. I actually look into it. I'll, if I have time, I'll watch the interview, the full thing, and see what 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 was coming out of this. There's like a story of Whoopi Goldberg saying that um, she believes like the new generation of kids or young adults are lazy, and that's why they can't afford houses. And I was like, did she really say that? So I went into the, the actual view, you know, uh, show, watched the clip. It was like probably like a four-minute, five-minute clip, and she does say that because they ask questions about like, oh, what do you think about the market, housing market, and uh, young young adults aren't really buying houses anymore, living with their parents. And she goes on this whole tirade of like, oh, they're lazy, blah, blah, blah. We used to strap our boots, blah, blah, blah. Like, she's so out of touch. Another multimillionaire. It's completely out of touch of what reality is. Um, so I just wanted to go see if that was actually true Because if she said that because it was, it was tweeted. And I was like, is this like a legitimate thing? The way the photo was put looked like a fake. So I actually looked into it. And that's what I do with a lot of things. I try to look into them, make sure it's actually real um, before I react to anything. But... Wild, man. This guy's like flying to Dubai and actually keeping an eye on Kanye, man. So that's very weird, man. And it should be very like, like they should be on, on edge about it. And hopefully they are. They're very, uh, you know, uh, on point with things when it comes to what Kanye's doing over there. Let's get into the Billboard Hot 100. Y'all already know the vibes. Taylor Swift still number one. Cruel Summer dominating. Jack Harlow debuted at number two with Loving On Me. And Jack Harlow is... Not to disrespect him, but he's just relying on old hits and re-repurposing uh, them to make hits. Uh, I get it; it's an easier route of making hits, but yeah, it's like a lot of artists are doing that now, and they're not really making original music. They're just kind of relying on older things to be take older hits and make them modern, so they can come up with another hit uh, and just take off. Because an old hit can be made into a new hit fairly easy. Diddy did a lot of that actually. Uh, so that's number two, David. Number two, Paint the Town Red, Doja Cat. Number three, Snooze, SZA. Number four. Is it over now? Taylor Swift, number five. I remember everything. Zach Bryan, number six. Fast Car, Luke Holmes, number seven. Tate McRae, Greedy, number eight. Last Night, Morgan Wallen, number nine. Thinking About Me, Morgan Wallen, number 10. Uh, Houdini, Dua Lipa, debuted at number 11. Interesting. Uh, Tyla Water. This record got a remix, and it's climbing up the charts, and it's doing really well. It's a dope record, man. Uh, There's like an AI Drake verse on it, which I wish was real, but... Uh, that's number 15, so it's climbing up. Rich Baby Daddy, Drake, number 16. All I want for Christmas is you re-entry at number 17. Jeez, people streamed the shit out of that after uh, uh, Halloween. Fuck You Mean Gunner, number 18. Save Me, Jelly Roll, number 19. Going down. Drake, J. Cole, First Person Shooter, number 25. I Don't Give a Fuck, Drake, Yeet, number 26. Good Good Usher, number 28. Going down. Doshi Kodak Black, number 35, what it is. I know Travis Scott, number 42. Barbie World, Nicki Minaj, number 45. Little Tech of 500 Pounds, number 51. Virginia Beach Drake, number 58. The Kid Leroy, number 66. Too much. It's interesting. Rich Man North, the Richmond. Actually went up a slot. 71 last week. Now it's 70. That's Oliver Anthony, man. I got to check out his other songs too. 
Travis Scott meltdown number 71. Bongos, Cardi B, Megan Stanley, number 72. So it's gone down quite significantly. Slime You Out, Drake, number 73. Then that song debuted at number one. Yeah, see, look off. This shit's never been number one ever again. So I'm telling you, man, these number one debuts are just disgusting. Terex and Keiko is Rod Wave, number 82. Ski, yeah. Number 83, Sexy Red, which I hate the new song. She got like a song called Fuck Baby Daddy. Just horrible, horrible, horrible track. Uh, she is a... I'm not even going to talk. She is horrible for the music. Just hip-hop, period. Smirk Carter, Lil Dirk, debuted at number 95. And NBA Youngboy Rod Wave, Better Than Ever, debuted at number 99. What else did you notice? What did you notice on here? There's no Meek Mill and Rick Ross debuts. Not a single one from that collab album. Yeah, that's what I think about that. Rose! William Roberts and Robert Williams. You guys, yeah. Just did not work out, did it? So... That's it for today's episode of the Diverse Mentality Podcast. Stream us, Spotify, Deezer, Pocket Cast, YouTube, all that. You already know the drill. Have an amazing night, day, whenever you're listening to this, and peace.